0: I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Rob Sechrist on the line. He is the co-founder and president over at Polaris Equity Group. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Polaris Equity Group and how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. How did you get started in business?
1: So um, when I graduated from uh, college, I was in orthopedic sales, and from there, I always was an o- entrepreneur. And I was working on different types of business plans for myself. I raised some money for some other companies, and then I. Landed on the the business plan I wanted to do. It was an action sports company. Um, I started that in my mid 20s and got that to 2.4 million in annual sales, about 30 employees, and I sold that company um, in my late 20s. And um, I kind of always go back to that as the my uh, uh, MBA of business uh, was that company. And the reason I talk about that is because it was so much. Uh, work to get two point four million dollars of, of capital or, or product out the door for ten percent of, of, of net or, or gross profit, but that was mm. only if I ever collected the accounts receivable and so after I sold that company, I realized if I could just do one transaction for 2 point four million and collect the money at the close i 'd be way ahead of the game. So um, I sold the company. Um, I tried to take one year off and not do anything for, for a while. And seven years later, I realized I probably need to get back to doing what I'm, what, what I'm, what I'm doing as an <laughs> entrepreneur. So anyway, I went into uh, real estate lending. I wanted to do bigger, <clears throat> big transactions that were able to be, you know, funded and, and be paid at the close of escrow. So I went into international um, uh, development projects. Worked on that for many years, um, and in 2008, my, one of my best friends from high school, Dan, um, he asked me to uh, see if I wanted to join him back in Orange County, which is where I'm from, um, and uh, see if we could team up together and, and, and work on a project. Uh, in to- 2010, we formed Polaris Equity Groups shortly after the, uh, the crash, the Great Recession, and our first focus was to develop a loan product. That was a, allow borrowers to do fix and flips, uh, ground up construction, where the borrowers had been completely wiped out. Were developers or builders that had been wiped out and lost everything, but they had the experience to to still do those types of projects. So, we provided a hundred percent of the capital stack from the borrower's uh, perspective in um, that particular project uh, product. Polaris provided 50% loan-to-value of the capital stack, of the completed wow. value, and we had a hedge fund coming behind us for 30% of the capital stack, so a combined loan of 80%. And so we were protected in that first senior secured position with six months prepaid interest reserve, and the equity fund got uh, – the hedge fund got uh, a profit split uh, with the borrower, and we rolled that product out, and we crushed it with that for several years – Um, And then we moved on to the next product. So I'll I'll just stop there and go to the next question with you because I can just keep going.
0: That's pretty amazing, uh, first of all. I didn't even know that existed, that product, and I'm sure a lot of during that time period. Now, um, mind you, I was just uh, starting at my first financial firm um, back then, uh, so I was just uh, pretty fresh out of college, but I'm like, wow, I didn't even know something like that. I figured somebody was smart <laughs> out there capitalizing on a, an obvious need in the market in a in a obviously um in a profitable way but in also a um a logical way that made sense for all parties considered and um i've talked to thousands of people and now i finally found someone who did it
1: so that that's
0: that's pretty amazing i didn't even know that was going on um and i thought i knew a lot about that time period um go figure learn every something new every day on the podcast so rob uh there's some you know younger let's say first time would be entrepreneurs listening right now and uh you know, obviously, you have the benefit of hindsight. You, you've you been through, you know, your your um, your MBA period and, and many periods since that first business. Um, if you could go back and give Rob some advice, you know, on, on just getting started again, what kind of things would you tell him?
1: Um, well, I, I've got this kind of refined because I've been asked that so many times. So if you're developing your, your idea to, for an entrepreneur, it's got to be, legal uh, you got to have a passion for it and you have to have an exit strategy that's worth the the blood sweat and tears to get through it so um, all those factors uh, were were important and and legal the reason I mentioned legal is is that you thread the lines on some things like the business that we're in today where it's legal but not federally legal Um, but those are the things that I used in my life And then that that those three elements. The passion was a super big thing because if you don't have the passion, even though you might have a huge exit strategy, you might be setting yourself up to fail early. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you have a super high passion ratio, but the exit strategy is just not enough. Uh, I had a friend that uh, a girl that wanted to do a tea business, and when I ran, I'm like, look, that's great. You have a great passion board. Let's run the numbers, and I modeled it out for. I'm like, look, even if you sell two million bags of tea a month you're you the, the economics aren't big enough you're you mm. so so those are the things I use but that was further developed to have a uh, a shorter sales guy cycle bigger ticket items and get paid paid at the close of escrow so that was added into that to that model those those questions uh, or that process later
0: I love it um let's switch it up a bit Rob let's get a little bit more into uh, what you're doing over at Polaris Equity Group so what kind of clients are you helping now
1: So we have two sides of the business, Uh, there's the borrower side and there's the investor side. Um, The the borrower side is what we're helping, um, uh, is where where most people are, we're putting products together, just like we did the 100% capital stack that we did back in 2010. We've evolved that model, and Polaris is such a quick, nimble company that we try to develop new loan products for the current market conditions as things and opportunities arise. We are so nimble that we can develop those and put those into place and and get a couple year run before anybody else figures out that that's the new niche. And so what we did is we recognized that the uh, commercial cannabis lending was a spot that we wanted to be in. We're experts in value-add lending. We've done more than 5,000 transactions and deployed more than a billion dollars between the three principals. And so we have the experience to do this. So what we did is we effectively did kind of the same thing that we did with the 100% loan product to the borrowers back in the day. But we evolved that product a little bit differently. And we went after the value-add transactions in the cannabis space. So for, for the cannabis space, we, we established that there was a safe harbor for us to lend in, um, that the Department of Justice was defunded from any prosecution of any cannabis-related business in a medically licensed state. So once we had developed what our our safe harbor was, then we went, okay, we feel comfortable doing commercial properties, and we feel very comfortable with how we underwrite, and it's basically a real estate transaction. We're just allowing for a cannabis tenant. So we lend directly to a owner of the building or a special purpose entity. We are completely non-cannabis touching, and we allow for that sponsor or that that prop code to uh, allow for cannabis tenants. So, that model we built out, we've done over 50 million in cannabis transactions to date. We have over 110 million in the pipeline right now. And we started that in 2018. And as we have developed this product and utilized our expertise and processes that we've had in place for the previous 5,000 loans, we have really floated to the top. We're not the biggest player out there, but we're probably the most uh, able to execute. And one of the things that most of these borrowers don't realize is that we are an expensive lender, but the cannabis uh, transactions are really heavy on tenant improvements or the value-add component.
0: Mm. And
1: why that's important is because that there might be 100 draws on that transaction. And if you're working with the bank, it might be two weeks for every draw. Whereas opposed with us, it's three to five days. And if I save you just one day and you had 90 draws, 90 times one is, you know, uh, three months, and you're yeah. doing $2 million out of that facility a month, I save you $6 million. So wow. those things are really important. And, and the borrowers get hung up on us charging an extra point here or an extra few percentage here. And we're like, you're, you're, fighting, with, with the, you're, you're fighting the wrong battle. And we show them <laughs> metrics, and so you know we've done transactions with Candescent, Ticonol, uh, all kinds of big players, and they were all fought the wrong part of the transaction. We're like, guys, not only did you were you potentially going to lose uh, revenue, but also market share by not penetrating that that early stage market in some of these new state, uh, states that are coming available.
0: Wow, that's absolutely amazing, and I love that. And so, I, when I seen the uh, when I seen the show notes, and I was kind of doing my my due diligence on, on on your background, I was thinking to myself, how did they come up with this model? But then I can't believe you got you took this from your old model. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's literally a work of art. I'm, I'm a I am a finance geek, and um, I can say that.
1: <laughs> sure, Forget sure. a
0: painting. This is beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's been a lot of refinement uh, through all those transactions. And, and of course. You know, so oh, my we
0: gosh. Feel,
1: we feel that we've got best in practice. Just the draw process alone, is, it, it could easily be 40 people. But we third party that off to the largest uh, processor in the country uh, to do that for us. And they're experts in that. And so we can handle dozens and dozens of draws a day if necessary. Uh, and we are able to be flexible and focus on what we do. All those draws get processed to our uh, standards and then come to us for approval, packaged the way that we needed them to be. So we're only focusing on what we, our expertise are.
0: That's amazing. Um, so, Rob, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on Polaris Equity Group, um, what's the best way for them to get that info?
1: So you can go to our website, com and polorus is spelled P-E-L-O-R-U-S and the word equitygroup.com. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Rob Seacrest, my last name is S-E Christ, um, or you can email me, um, if you email info at com. that actually goes into our whole team, and either myself or Dan, the CEO, will respond depending on if it's a borrower request, which he typically runs point on or if it's an investor request, a word I run point on.
0: That's awesome. Well, hey, Rob, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, telling us more about your background and also the great work you're doing over at Polaris Equity Group, staying nimble, solving problems, making money in these amazing niches. I just love it. This is a lot, lots of great work going on over there. Um, to the audience, as always, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, Rob, thanks again for coming on the show. All right. Thanks a lot.